Well, good morning, everybody. This is Steve Pilchin, a.k.a. The Round Guy, and it's Round Guys Podcast. We've got a uh, plethora, a cornucopia of guests with us this morning uh, that we're anxious to talk to. But prior to that, I'd like to take a few minutes and share with you uh, some bad news uh, from my standpoint. Uh, I got a call late last week. Uh, from a friend who uh, let me in on the fact that a, a mutual friend of ours had passed away. And I want to take a, a few minutes and pay tribute to him because uh, if you're a fan of the movie Rudy, then you know who I'm going to be talking about and you know him as well. Uh, we're talking about a gentleman named Dennis McGowan. Uh, in the movie, he was uh, Deba. D-Bob was in the movie Rudy as uh, the tutor for uh, Rudy, Daniel E. Rudy Rudiger. And if you've seen the movie, and I have many, many times, in fact, I first saw it uh, in South Bend, Indiana, ironically, when it first came out. I was working the Funny Bone in South Bend, and with uh, a couple friends of mine, we went to the movie, saw it, and then later that uh, uh, week I was working at the club. So uh, D-Bob searched me out and, and uh, befriended me that week. Uh, he had said he wanted to get into stand-up, and he wanted my advice, wanted my help. I was uh, certainly willing to, to give him a hand after having just seen him in the movie. Uh, and and D-Bob, the real D-Bob, uh, Dennis McGowan, as I said, uh, helped write a couple of the scenes for the movie, as well as he actually was in the movie and played the part of the bartender in all the scenes where they, uh, Rudy and some of the other uh, people from the movie uh, went to the bar afterwards to have a few shastas. Uh, Dennis McGowan played the bartender, and and it's uh, a brief speaking part, but otherwise uh, he's not in it. But uh, D. Bob was living in in Florida, and uh, we would talk every month or so. Uh, we enjoyed one another's company and and conversation between the two of us. Uh, he was found in his pool at his home in Florida. They don't know if, if he had a heart attack and or if he slipped and hit his head. I'm supposed to get a call from somebody to clear up more of that kind of information. But uh, Dennis McGowan, D-Bob, passed away. Uh, he was a unique character. You know, in the movie, you see him... His character was played by John Favreau, and he, and he was a, a, a kind of a iconic fella, and and had some idiosyncrasies. Yeah, he wore two watches, one on each hand. Um, you know, he uh, he was just a unique individual, and and I'm I miss him already. Uh, 
I, I, I cry every time I watch the movie, Rudy. I'm sure a lot of you do as well. Uh, the part that really gets me is when they all take turns coming into uh, uh, the coach's office and saying, hey, I want Rudy to dress for me. And they lay their jersey down uh, on the coach's desk. That's where I really, I really get torn up uh, at that scene. But uh, D-Bob, uh, when... Um, we were talking early on, and he wanted my help to become a comic. Uh, he had already mentioned that he knew some people that worked uh, for Muhammad Ali, who lived about 20 minutes north of South Bend, just over the border in Berrien Springs, Michigan. And I told him in exchange for me helping him uh, work on trying to become a comic, I said, your job is to help me meet Muhammad Ali this week. I said, that's your, that's your homework. And, and he said, okay. And the next day, uh, he gave me a name and number, and I called, and I was able to make arrangements to go up into uh, Michigan the next day, as a matter of fact, at about 11 in the morning. And, and at that point, I was able to meet Muhammad Ali. And so I actually got to be friends with uh, the champ. And every time I played the uh, Funny Bone in South Bend, at the beginning of the week, I would uh, make a call and then go up and meet and hang out with Muhammad Ali uh, in Berrien Springs. He lived on an estate that was uh, once owned by Al Capone. And it was kind of the uh, weekend retreat for Al Capone and his uh, his cronies, they would they would drive over from Chicago and camp out there at uh, at this estate in Berrien Springs, and so it was a uh, an opportunity for me to become uh, good friends with D. Bob, as well as good friends with Muhammad Ali. Like I said, it, the the club in South Bend became my most favorite club just because of that, because I could, I could go in at the beginning of the week. I couldn't uh, necessarily count on him being home uh, towards the weekend and or the, the weekend because the champ was almost always at some kind of a public appearance, whether it was a card show or a, uh, a banquet of some sort, a dinner, and, uh, and it just became a very enjoyable opportunity for me to hang out with Muhammad and and uh, usually D Bob was there in South Bend and the chance to hang out with him it was uh, a relationship that I I miss now because uh, both Muhammad Ali and and Dennis are are both gone now and and uh, I just am am involved with them just through the memories I have of being able to visit with each of them at different times. So the movie Rudy has a significance for me because it allowed me to become friends with D-Bob. It also allowed me, I've met the real Rudy a couple of times, and he's a wonderful fella. I haven't spoken with him, and I don't know that I expect to, 
uh, here soon uh, with relation to talking about Deba, but I know it's it's going to be difficult for Rudy because they talked on the phone almost every day, and and uh, as close as they were, and as you saw them in the movie, that was true. Uh, the same uh, case was true in real life. They were best friends. Uh, they traveled together and made and made appearances, different book signings. Uh, they were a staple together in appearing in South Bend at the university, where they would uh, talk uh, to the uh, different uh, uh, classmates of uh, of students there, whether they were freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and then and then hang out afterwards and visit and sign sign the books that uh, Rudy had written and and be uh, guests of honor at a couple of different uh, home games and that type of thing. So if you're a fan of Notre Dame and, and Notre Dame football and the movie Rudy that went along with all of that, then you know who I'm talking about and, and uh, undoubtedly share a, a sense of loss with D. Bob uh, having passed away this last week. So I wanted to take a moment and, and share my thoughts uh, about him with you because I think at this point, the movie Rudy is, is one of the top five sports movies of all time. And some, if you were to individually uh, check with people, uh, many of them would say that's their number one favorite sports movie, while others, as I said, would, would perhaps have it at least in their top five. Top ten, certainly. But uh, the movie is iconic. Uh, the characters in it, they're iconic. And I, I miss this uh, buddy of mine uh, like there's no tomorrow. And it, it's ironic because uh, at, at the time I got the call that told me he had passed, I was getting ready to give him a call and invite him uh, to be a part of our podcast because uh, you would you would find him to be quite a character too, and for us to have had the chance to interview him uh, would have been a plus. But that's obviously now no longer possible. But uh, if you've got any questions, Dave, about uh, D. Bob, a lot of people. Uh, are confused sometimes. Uh, the actor John Favreau, who played D. Bob, a lot of people think that's the real D. Bob. But as I said, that's not the case. That was an actor portrayal. And D. Bob, while he was uh, indirectly involved quite a bit with the movie, he wrote a couple scenes, and he played the part of the bartender. As I said, uh, yeah, he was a separate character, but. Uh, a real, uh, a real help to Rudy and and both of them, uh, great friends afterwards. So that's my buddy D. Bob. Rest in peace, my brother. I love you. So, when you're in South Bend, did you ever get to go to any uh, football games? I. It's funny. My my manager uh, at the time. Uh, started the Funny Bone in in South Bend. So he called me in the fall, and he said, hey, I'd like you to come out and work two weeks straight 
here at the club, and I just jumped at the chance uh, because it was during the fall, and I thought, if I'm going to be there for two weekends, I surely am going to have a chance to see a live Notre Dame game, you know, against somebody. But when I got to the club, got the keys to the uh, uh, to the condo that all the comics shared when when we worked there for a week, and and I checked the schedule, and Notre Dame was on the road those two weekends. So I thought, you know, that's my luck uh, that that they would be on the road both weekends. I was going to be there, but uh, I think the following year. Uh, he called me, booked me a week there, and, and they were playing uh, North Carolina at home, and I, I went to that game. And, and I've been to Kinnick Stadium. Uh, I know you have. and I've been to Jack Trice Stadium. I, I've, uh, I've been to a couple of professional football games. And, and you can tell that in Iowa City, there's, there's an atmosphere at a home game that's that's uh, amazing. You know, every Hawk fan, uh, electricity. electricity and it's just tradition and all the players that have uh, played there and gone on to play professionally. And uh, But I can tell you this, that when you're at a home game in South Bend, the the history, the uh, the legacy, the atmosphere, it's it's unlike any other. It's an amazing uh, uh, afternoon to, to be in South Bend in the fall when the leaves are turning and and what have you. They have a tradition there where uh, they bring two or three of their former football greats back on game day. And, and there's a big pep rally in, in the uh, gymnasium. And they have these former players sit there and sign autographs for everybody. Get, they get in line and, and uh, go through and get signatures from some of their uh, former players. And then you get to the ballpark. And uh, it's, you know, it's just an amazing way to see a football game with the tradition, everything they got going there. I, I just, I'm so glad I did. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back. You know, that club closed down. Uh, but even w- without it, you know, if uh, I don't foresee a chance to go in there. And and, and if you do, then then it's, uh, the ballpark's been renovated. You know, when I was there, it was just, you know, the first and and prior to them uh, raising the stands up a level all the way around, and and uh, and so I was fortunate to see a game uh, with the original stadium. The one you go to now would be, as I said, renovated. But uh, I don't know that I'll get back to one. So I'm awfully glad I had a chance to see it and see it w- uh, before it was uh, rebuilt. I always thought the the movie Rudy. You know, what I connected about it was his faith. You know, this young kid, you know, and who was it that played his father? The, Ned Beatty. Yeah, Ned Beatty. You know, is that real Catholic family. You know what I mean? That's what I grew up in was the real Catholic family. And how he didn't have the grades and, you know, but he went to a priest who told him, to take these classes at night school, you know, and we'll see if we can get you in. He was always 
seemed like his he was plucky, you know, and his but his faith was what kept giving him yeah, he second didn't, chances. He know? didn't he didn't give up. He didn't give up. And, and that's where uh, he f- developed the friendship with Debop was at uh, Holy Cross, uh, where he went to s- uh, school and took classes first mm-hmm. so that he could get the grades to eventually get into Notre Dame. That's where uh, D-Bob uh, sought him out and suggested that, that he, uh, he tutor him, he helped tutor him, which was where their friendship uh, started. And... Uh, uh, that's what helped him get the grades where he was eventually able to uh, be accepted into Notre Dame. And okay. There was nothing about it that was Notre Dame material. Not at all. Weren't good enough. His size wasn't good enough. His speed wasn't good enough. Nothing. But inside was the heart of a Marine. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, that's all it was, was the heart. And, and the willingness to, to really work hard at, at doing his best to achieve that goal of playing football at Notre Dame. So, yeah, it's a great story. As I said, it's one I get emotional at every time I watch it. Uh, dependent upon the mood I'm in, you know, I can convulse into tears uh, or I can just kind of tear up, you know. just But it, it affects me every time I see it, just from that standpoint. You know, this kid just busted his hump to, to achieve the dream he'd had all his life. Mm-hmm. Now, Rudy still, he still tours and gives motivational speeches specifically to uh, his involvement with uh, D-Bob and working hard and going to Holy Cross and then eventually being accepted in the Notre Dame. And, and that, uh, that one play that, that uh, uh, allowed him to, to be, as we know it now, a household name. Uh, D-Bob told me once that uh, the quarterback that he sacked from Georgia Tech, and I forget his name, but uh, they had reached out to him to make an appearance with Rudy at Notre Dame and you know, sign some autographs, that kind of thing. But he said uh, that fella, that quarterback, uh, declined to to make the appearance. He didn't want to do it. it wasn't a memory he wanted to relive. Apparently, but uh, you know, I'm sure they would have paid him. Uh, so evidently, whatever he's doing now, he's you know, he's not uh, in need of any kind of money. But well, I want to thank you for. Uh, sharing all this with us. This was the most I've ever seen you pour your heart out in an interview. Well, it, you know, I cried the night I, I got the word that he had passed. And I I, I miss him already. And I, I'm uh, apologetic. This is something I should have done a long time ago was get a hold of D-Bob and make sure that he was a part of our podcast. Well, you did. That was one of the first guys you said. I, I knew I can get involved to be on the show and we were all jazzed up about it yeah and I thought that with his friendship with Rudy that we might have been able to get uh, you know a two-way kind of conversation with uh, Rudy and D-Bob both I'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to do in honor of the movie Rudy we're not going to give up 
you know, whatever it's going to take, we'll try to make that happen or at least get Rudy on. Well, I, I, I've got some in row there, and I, I, I'm hopeful that I, I could, I could uh, make that happen. Well, this has been another really good interview. Uh, Steve, I can't appreciate you so much for being on these shows with us. Uh, I'm glad to do it, Dave. Is there, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up this episode? Well, no, I, I, I think I covered everything. I just, I love the guy. Uh, as I said, we, every now and then he'd call me, I'd call him, and, and we'd visit a little bit. And, and, uh, uh, the one last thing was was uh, D Bob got me at a moment uh, after a show, and I had been uh, completely overserved. Uh, I was feeling my hops and barley, and and uh, he said after I'd had a chance to meet Muhammad through his help, he said, "All I want, round guy," he said, "I just want a chance to to do some of your jokes." You know, when I'm on stage doing the comedy thing, and I said to him, I said, D-Bob, I said, you take whatever you want out of my act. And uh, the next thing I heard was he was doing my entire act <laughs> out on the road. He was doing my whole act, and I, I, uh, I heard about it, and I went to him, and I said, What's the deal? And and uh, he said, Well, yeah, I might have got a little carried away. I said, Look, I said, I, I I don't care. I said, Just don't do it in Des Moines, you know. I just just don't do my jokes in Des Moines, and you know, then I I can't I can't do them. So he agreed to that anyway. But on the road, he was like the second round guy, like uh, Gallagher, Gallagher's brother, Gallagher two. D-Bob was round guy too, but I, I, I'm pleased. He got to where he was touring with a uh, hypnotist by the name of Jay Medicine Hat. Uh, if you remember Jay Medicine Hat, he, he would put on a hysterical uh, show of hypnosis, make people think they were doing all kinds of things, and, and D-Bob would open for him. And, and sadly, uh, Jay Medicine Hat has passed away, passed away several years ago. So as the song says, uh, if you believe in heaven, then those two guys are putting on a hell of a show. Rest in peace, my friends. All right, well, this has been a, another episode of Round Eye of the Podcast. Really thank you guys for listening. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel now. Appreciate if you go and subscribe to it. We'll be back with another episode right away. Thanks for your time.